Mission 2, San Jose Avenue. From our 901 Mission Street studios, you are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Welcome, Heather Knight, to the Total SF Podcast and our Sutro Tower episode. Thank you. Yeah, we're talking to Sutro Tower spokesman Dave Hyams. So much great Sutro knowledge in this episode. I feel like I have a master's degree in Sutro now. Yeah, we basically got our PhD there the other day. (laughs) Definitely. Um, But first, we have some new business. We had our second Total SF Book Club event with the library this week, and I'm still riding high. It was so great. Um, we had hundreds of people listening in, and we had an awesome time talking with Gary Camilla and Daniel Handler, who are basically the two best interviews in San Francisco. You can ask them anything, and they just spin eloquence off the top of their head. Yeah, it was so excellent. And I think, you know, when historians talk about this book club event, though, they're going to talk about the accordion <laughs> song that Daniel Handler played. Uh, give a little bit of the background and what happened. Yeah, so a few weeks ago, we had Daniel on the podcast, and we um, interviewed him at Green Apple Books. Listeners will remember that was the episode where we kept hearing Green Apple announcements, but we (laughs) loved it, so we left them in. Um, And we asked Daniel, knowing he was going to come to this library event we were hosting, if he would play his accordion there, kind of half-joking, only a little bit serious. But he he seemed amenable, and then um, I asked him a few days ago, like, for real, will you play the accordion? And he's like, okay, and then I said, <laughs> okay, so we're going to have you start. We're going to kick you off, kick it off with you on the accordion. He's so funny. He goes, okay, sounds great, 45 minutes of accordion coming up. <laughs> but we thought he'd just play a cover, but he basically rewrote um, the lyrics to Should I Stay or Should I Go by The Clash, and um, you've got to listen to this. Yeah, we'll give you a small taste right here, right now. The entire song is at the end of this episode. Listen to the whole episode, and then it's a bonus track at the end, so listen for that. While sleepful, sleep in homemade tents Infrastructure's really sinking The school board's arguing about Lincoln If you don't have an IPO, it might be time to pack and go. And since that Total SF event was so awesome, we've got to plug our next one because you're definitely going to want to um, join in for this one. Our fall Total SF book with the library and Green Apple Books is Why We Swim by Bonnie Soy. And we will be meeting with her hopefully in person, fingers crossed, November 17th, 6 p.m. at the Corette Auditorium at the Main Library. We will have her on the podcast before then. And we, I think we're going to swim in the bay with her, right, Peter? Think. You have committed to this, Heather Knight. <laughs> But I'm wearing a wetsuit. Okay. I will not wear a wetsuit. I will wear board shorts. Um, But uh, yeah, really looking forward to this. We've already had some contact with Bonnie, and she's really excited. And I know this is going to be another great event. Um, We have one more piece of new business. We just announced in the Total SF newsletter that once it's safe, I'm going to start giving Total SF tours of the Chronicle Archive. Um, This hasn't been done before. We have an intact archive in the basement. I talk about it a lot on this episode. And our podcast listeners are getting the first chance to be there. I've been to the archive with Peter a number of times, and I always see something new. There's a lot of weirdness down there, like a 
giant oversized head of Herb Cain, um, but tons of photos, clippings, um, just all sorts of San Francisco history. And Peter is the guru of all of it. So you guys should sign up. Yeah. And it is 100% haunted. So um, if we get this going by Halloween, it's also going to be a uh, like haunted archive tour. This is going to be really cool. Small batch tours, maybe 10 people max. Um, so the best way to sign up, and you can only do it by listening to this podcast, is message me or DM me on Twitter with the hashtag, hashtag archive tour SF, like San Francisco, archive tour SF. You can also email me at phartlob at sfchronicle.com. My email is on the end of every article I write, so you can also click there. Um, put Archive Tour SF in the subject line. I'm going to need your name and some information like that. I'll take entries for about a week. Um, not sure how it's going to work. It might have to be a raffle type of thing if a lot of people sign up. Um, and once again, we're going to wait till it's safe. But um, very, very excited about this. Sounds awesome. Yeah. So, t- but today, oh my God, there's more. There's this episode's not <laughs> Wait, over. That wasn't there's the whole more. Episode? No. Today we have the most San Francisco of episodes uh, with the Sutro Tower and Dave Hyams, and um, we had a great conversation. I learned so much. Yeah. So Dave Hyams has what might be the coolest job in San Francisco. He is the voice of Sutro Tower. So he's the spokesperson and communications guy for the tower. He. Um, well, the, the not fun part is probably dealing with City Hall on permitting <laughs> issues. But he also deals with the neighborhood associations around Sutro Tower. But the best part of his job is taking people, um, usually journalists and politicians seem to be the main folks. This is not open to the general public. But he takes people up in the super scary, tiny, eight-minute ride elevator up to the top of the tower. I got to do that um, before the pandemic last year, and you got to do that yesterday, Peter. Oh, I was so scared. I, I did a full lap around the top of Sutro Tower, but um, it was. I have a little fear of heights. So we talk about it a lot on the episode. Uh, we learn once again that Heather Knight is way tougher than Peter Harlob. Um, <laughs> but... But uh, it's it's excellent. And we, we, we learn so much during this episode about Sutro Tower. I had a lot of questions and there were like fascinating answers. So I think our listeners are really going to enjoy it. There's a weird little sound in the background. It's like, I don't know, it sounds like maybe TV20 or something. <laughs> like my podcast equipment, because we were right underneath Sutro Tower, was picking up Um, some kind of broadcast, which doesn't distract too much. But if you hear that, that's what it is. I think it makes it more authentic. Definitely. Well, Dave Hyams coming up. I'm Peter Hartlob here with Heather Knight, and this is Total SF. Thank you very much. Welcome to Sutro Tower and the Total SF Podcast, Dave Hyams. Well, thank you. It's Welcome a pleasure. to Sutro Tower yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pleasure to be recording the very first podcast in history at the base of Sutro Tower. You know, I, I'm uh, I'm letting Heather do most of the talking because I just went up there <laughs> and I am like, I'm still shaking a little. Yeah, you uh, still look a little pale. Yeah. I went up right before the pandemic. I remember. And the elevator was terrifying, but the views are amazing. Well, the ride up is 750 feet in a little elevator that's 27 by 33 inches. 
and two people can stand uncomfortably together. <laughs> when you get up there, you're 750 feet up. It's an eight-minute ride each way. And you have, there are three catwalks, a triangular catwalks to give you a view of the ocean, and then one looking south, and one looking uh, east. Yeah. It is beautiful, but I'm still not over that elevator ride. <laughs> it's a very long eight minutes. <laughs> so I didn't announce this, but I have a little fear of heights. And when we got up there, I was, you probably noticed, I was a little, little hesitant. Does anybody get up there and just go, I'm out? No, let's go back down. Absolutely. That has <laughs> happened. I've taken, not just anyone, I've taken a reporter up, and that, that person would not get out of the elevator. <laughs> really? I wanted to go right back down. Oh, my gosh. And interesting, our, the attorney for the tower, had, who's represented the tower for at least 10 or 12 years, had never been up the tower until this year. And she refused to go. She was scared. And then she finally went up in March and is so proud of herself for doing it. <laughs> well, did she, she get out of the elevator? She did, okay. briefly. <laughs> well, I did a full lap. I did not look down. Um, I hit a point where, and I, I think Dave thought I was joking, but I said, you're going to have to, like, he said, you could take a photo here. This is a really good angle. And I'm like, I'm shaking. I think I might <laughs> drop my phone if I try and take a photo right here. I didn't think you were joking. Yeah. <laughs> Do people drop things? Because there's a grating there, like a phone would slip through that. Keys might slip through that. It's actually a phone wouldn't, but it might bounce yeah. and then go out the side. But sometimes uh, I myself, when we were making a video up there and we were using a time-lapse GoPro, and I dropped a card, which is like the size of a thumbnail for the GoPro, and I dropped it and it astoundingly someone at the base found it wow <laughs> that's amazing i would have thought it would blow over to like corona heights from that distance up there <laughs> the, the, everything was going right for us that day yeah well i hope you played the lotto that day um i've got to ask like this is probably the most beloved landmark right now at least among like heathers in my age and younger and i've gone through the archive and a lot of people didn't want this here. Um, are you surprised by the story arc of the Sutro Tower going from like, oh my God, this is the worst thing to happen to San Francisco to uh, people are getting tattoos of it on their arm? That's been a remarkable change in, in uh, public perception of it and public opinion. And uh, you wrote about that years ago from, from uh, what was the headline on that story? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> from, from eyesore to icon, I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that sounds. That sounds. But about yes, right. people people do get tattoos. Their T-shirts, their hats. There's every possible souvenir. Next to the Golden Gate Bridge, you probably see Sutro Tower more than anything else. Yeah, it's like the locals' landmark. I feel like, like it, it's not a touristy thing. Well, it's an industrial site. It's, <laughs> it does something. It serves the serves the public. It brings TV to everybody and it brings radio and, and there are public entities that use it as well. How has the function changed since it was first built? It hasn't really changed. It still was built to bring send a TV signal out a hundred miles over the East Bay and South Bay Hills and that's still the main function of the tower. And, and I mean I grew up with an antenna on my home so I was getting the Sutro Tower tower signal is it 
different now? Are, are fewer people using this, or is it now, you know, are there cell phone uses up there? Um, are, are there different uses now as the years have gone on? Well, when cable came along, when the tower was built, in, uh, it opened in 1973, and at that point, cable was getting pretty, pretty widely used. And over the next 20 years, it became at least two-thirds of usage. But then DirecTV came along, and that became, their, their signal comes from Palo Alto, where DirecTV is, and they take the over-the-air channels, the, the local channels signal off Sutro and then send it out themselves. But for just people with rabbit ears, it got down to about 15% of viewership. But it's been important because it was always the poorest 15%, people who couldn't afford to have cable. So it served that function in providing uh, TV service and communication service for people who couldn't afford it otherwise. Now with cord cutting and phones, people get their signal off of Sutro. It's, it's up to about 20% now. Oh, wow. All right. Sutro's coming back. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you do you uh, what's your day-to-day job like? Uh, what what are what are, I mean? I, I can imagine that you're doing weird stuff like we're doing with you now. But is there also like intellectual property issues? Are there a lot of issues dealing with the stations themselves? What, what, what's your day-to-day like? Well, Sutro Tower is actually a condo for antennas. So the TV stations and the other users have their antennas, and they take care of their own antennas, and they take care of they each have their um, control room here as a backup to downtown and also as a way to get the signal to the tower. So we are taking care of the structure itself, but the TV stations and the, all the other 50 users take care of their own TV equipment. So we're facilitators in that sense, and we get the permits to, so people can have antennas because you need a permit to build something in San Francisco, and that's an I- issue in its own for you guys. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> I've written about that a number of times. <laughs> what, what about the, the intellectual property side of it? Can I just put Sutro Tower on a t-shirt like the one I'm wearing, or is that just kind of like a nudge, nudge, wink, wink, you let it slide? No, we, we have a trademark, as you can see on, <laughs> on uh, Heather's hard hat. That is our <laughs> trademark. But you can't... Uh, have a copyright for an image so you can have a picture or a depiction or a tattoo or a drawing or a photograph anyone can use a picture of Sutro Tower in any form but you can't use it with the that logo or with the word Sutro the image and the word Sutro Tower is protected Uh just like the Giants people have have, uh, Giants t-shirts but the the ones you buy outside the stadium that are kind of pirated, yeah. they never have the logo. Because huh. right. the logo is protected. All so right. we, what we do with artists is we encourage them. We just ask that they get a license from us, which we charge a dollar for, because there has to be a transaction to have a commercial license. So we ask them to license, and then they can do whatever they want with their, with their uh, use of the image. For a dollar? I, I'm but, liking Sutro Tower even more. <laughs> I know. We're not in the art business, yeah. and we're not in the T-shirt business, but we do have to protect the 
trademark. Well, yeah. our Total SF logo has Sutro Tower on it, so right. I guess we owe you a dollar. No, no, because it doesn't say Sutro Tower. Oh. Oh, okay. It uses the image, <laughs> but not the words. I wasn't even going to tell him that, Heather. I was just like, well, kind I mean, of it's only a dollar. We yes. might as well. Screw <laughs> up. He's going to listen to this at some point and see it. No, so. you'd have to. You'd have to sign a long contract. <laughs> <laughs> so, how many people work here? I, I thought it was. You mentioned the elevator ride we were on. This is a very small elevator. Rickety is, you know, I mean, I'm sure it was safe, but it, I was scared. But then we're just like going up and we're like 600 feet up and all of a sudden it's like, hey, Julio. There's just like this guy like just chilling there. Are there a lot of people, at any given time, are there several people up there on the tower? Most of the workers go up in those, those uh, I don't know if you can see, in buckets that get go up in a hoist. And that's how you get equipment up. You can't get equipment up in an elevator. So the workers and the equipment generally goes up in, in a hoist, which is uh, goes up twice as fast and can carry a lot of stuff. So the elevator is just for civilians like us and for some usage going between floors. But most of the, if they're going to the top, they're going to take the elevator. And if they're coming down for lunch, they're going to take the elevator or the, the, the lift. What's the status on the paint job? Because I wrote about that a year and a half ago, and you were still debating keeping it red or white, letting it go gray, or there's even an idea to make it rainbow-themed. <laughs> well, the latest is that we're still, we do not have a word from the city yet. As you know, the uh, wheels <laughs> grind slowly. But we are assuming, since we have to move ahead to get the painting done, we have, we're starting with the horizontal levels and we're going to paint those red and just like they are now okay. and stick to the color scheme so it'll still be red and white and someday if if the planning department decides to say no we we want you to make it green is the terms of your next permit well that's a condition we'd have to deal with if you find that out you have to give me this absolutely yeah. <laughs> we don't want to find that out <laughs> And I think I think the red and white is so familiar that it'll stay that way, even though it doesn't serve any any uh, aviation purpose. It did at the time it was built, but now the aviation safety for all buildings is based on lights. Yeah, was that your preference personally to keep it red and white? My personally, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think some LED lights would be pretty sweet. <laughs> like like keep it red and white during the day, but at night having just like you know stuff kind of dancing around on it like the bay bridge yeah we're giving you ideas i'm sure the planning commission will be all over that immediately (laughs) well ben davis the uh who did the lights on the bridge was he actually contacted us a few years ago and we were open to discussion really and then then he started a project along market street which and he lost interest in Sutro Tower. Oh, well, Ben, if you're listening, we think that's a great idea. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a future guess for sure. We'll be right back after this short break. Uh, we're sitting next to just, just piles and piles of siding here. This is the siding that I think was on Sutro Tower before. It kind of got skeletonized. Is that the right term? I'm sure there's a more technical <laughs> term. What, what happened to this tower? Well, in order, in our last permit, we needed to strengthen the tower to meet a stronger wind resistance. So when the tower was built, the code was that it had to withstand winds of 50 miles an hour. And now the code for the tower is it needs to withstand winds of 100 miles an hour. 
So this siding, these panels would not meet that code. So part of the permit was to strengthen the tower itself, which required installing some steel reinforcement. We had to take the panels off to do that, to get access to put those, that reinforcement in. And to put back the old tower, the old panel siding wouldn't work because they don't meet the code. So it's, the question is whether to put in new siding, which would add even more weight to the tower, which would add, require even more strengthening, or to leave the siding off, which would be a, a better way to meet the wind resistance code. We had, so our permit request is for to leave the, leave the siding off. And we had a panel of seismic uh, and structural experts review it. It's called peer review of the, the plans themselves. And they came back and said, and sent this to the planning department, that, that leaving the panels off is the best way to go forward. We're 50 years into this. Is, is that an issue right now? Is there, to what, to what extent is this 50-year-old structure susceptible to wear and tear like that? Well, it is, it's like the bridge. The bridge gets checked every year. What we do is every year we check every inch of each leg, so of a leg. So in three years, we do the whole tower. And if there's any signs of, of uh, erosion or corrosion, we replace the bolt or replace whatever needs to be replaced. And the only painting that's gone on has been to paint over rusty spots or spots where you blast away the rust or change the bolt and then paint that. So the maintenance is just like the, uh, any bridge. You just keep going and keep on it. And what about just the, the structure itself? I heard from Jim Gabbert, TV20 told me many years ago that the center of gravity is actually below the ground here, that this thing's not gonna topple to one side or the other. Accurate? Absolutely. It will, it'll be Sutro Tower to cockroaches at the end. <laughs> <laughs> because the, uh, the, each leg is about a million pounds, so there's three million pounds of, of uh, steel here, but it's embedded in 15 million pounds of cement. So because there's less weight above and oh. more cement below, oh my the center of gravity is in fact below. Wow, wow. how deep does the cement go down? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I you. Look at the old pictures. <laughs> There's some pictures on the website of the construction. <laughs> so I found a 1960s, I think it was a 1962 Chronicle story that was talking about putting a tower on San Bruno Mountain. Cron, and, and I'm going to be honest, the Chronicle and Cron, I think, were tied together. So the Chronicle was pushing for the San Bruno Mountain uh, uh, tower. How close did that come to happening? Well, the, the original plan from the, almost within a few years of this opening, there was a small tower here, about 500 feet, when Channel 5 and 7 started broadcasting from here. Mm. And they immediately knew that it wasn't working in every part of the city because of the hills. And certainly as the East Bay started to grow, it wasn't reaching there at all. So the plan was for a tall tower, capital T, capital T. And they didn't quite know what, where it was going to be. Chronicle wanted it on Mount San Bruno because they own Cron, hence the letters Cron. And ABC wanted it here because they own this property. 
And what happened is they fought for about 10 years. And finally, the, uh, the CAB, which is the predecessor to the FAA, weighed in and said, no, you can't put it on Mount San Bruno because that's in the SFO flight pattern. Mm. So suddenly the Sutro Tower Group, suddenly Chronic, the Chronicle was part of it. And then they got their permit. And the, the fight ended. And as we were scanning a bunch of old documents a couple of years ago, we never found the document where the Chronicle stopped fighting and joined ABC, <laughs> but it happened sometime some that summer in the 60s. Yeah, because the Chronicle was very, I read the articles, the Chronicle was very much like doing a poor job of hiding the fact that they wanted this tower on the San Bruno Mountain. One of those articles, and it seemed like they were jockeying back and forth making their pitches, uh, mentioned the possibility of a restaurant and tourist access to some kind of observation deck. There was an article that compared it like maybe it could be like the Space Needle. How close did that come to happening here or over there? It was never close to happening, <laughs> but it would have been pretty cool, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. The tower looks a little like the Space Needle, and we were never able to find exactly how the design came to be this way. We know that the uh, it was designed by Furman Anderson and for Klein Steel in South Carolina, who was they were the leading tower builders in the 60s, 50s and 60s. And he may have been influenced by the Space Needle because this was only a few years after the World's Fair in, in Seattle. But it was never quite clear how he came about this design. But it never had a restaurant. We'd love to see that. That would be terrific, wouldn't it? You could solve the city's budget crisis. People would pay so much money to go up there. What kind of restaurant would you like to see? Right. I mean, a steak or surf and turf? Want, Not a Bubba Gumps. That's what I don't I want. I want the crab there. sandwich. I want the, the ballpark crab sandwich. Okay, so that was just like a... That was in one article and someone threw it out there, but that was there were never any plans for a restaurant. No, it was okay. a tall tower for the TV stations to to send the signal over the hills. All right. Well, All right. I, I bet we're going to be more likely to get the LED light show than the restaurant. Yeah, <laughs> we could have both. Let's aim high. Okay. Well, you survived our serious questions, and now it's time for the famous lightning the round. The lightning round. <laughs> Where's your favorite place in San Francisco to get a burrito? They'll uh, talk. Yeah. What's your order? I have uh, Dorado. I always wanted the extra char uh-huh. on the outside, and uh, usually chicken, and no beans. Yeah. Nice. What was your favorite movie filmed in San Francisco? Bullet. Um, I didn't write down my lightning questions, so I have to. Yeah. Remember Bullet was actually there's a scene, one block from my house. Oh, right, really? Yeah. Which yeah. scene? Just one of the, during the chase. Okay. He comes around a corner on Kansas and 20th. Oh, nice. <laughs> Where's your favorite place in the city for a stiff drink? My house. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite? A Manhattan. <laughs> what was your first concert? The Doors. Ooh, Ooh where? where at? At Santa Barbara, where I was in college. That's a good oh, answer. Nice. I was hoping like Winterland or something, but Santa no. Barbara is pretty cool. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. pretty cool. <laughs> So out of everybody you've taken up here, who was the most excited to get out there, just totally lit up, was not scared, had a great time? We took Dennis Richards up when he was on the planning commission and was we had a permit 
a proposal before the coming up before the commission and he was so excited to go up and so thrilled to be there he was taking pictures the second he stepped off the elevator and before we got down he had those pictures on facebook <laughs> <laughs> dennis richards that name sounds familiar heather he's been in a lot of chronicle headlines oh okay dennis <laughs> richards all right all right i'll let people look that up so the very first time you went up were you freaked out super excited or somewhere in the middle I was curious more than anything. I don't care about heights. I was yeah. not afraid at all. And the catwalk is wide enough. I've never had a problem with it. And do you still look forward to it? Or is it Absolutely. sort of like any old part of your job? No, no. It's, it's kind of like it's ex- the most exciting thing that you could do. Is <laughs> I love taking people up for their first time. You know, it's kind of like working at the paper where you just love to do stuff. Yeah. And I know you don't know exactly how many times you've been up, but estimate? Let's say a hundred. Wow. How many San Francisco mayors have been to the top of Sutro Tower? Zero. Really? Really? You've <laughs> never taken Breed. London Breed? <laughs> London Breed. She'd love it. I know. She'd be waving. We've we've yeah. done things she with London Breed. She does the Queen of like, England. Hey, yeah. San yeah. Francisco. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah w- Willie Brown, when we filmed a video in, in uh, for the 40th anniversary the one that's the introductory video on the website and he was talked about the tower and was instrumental in the permitting and the issues settling some fights in the 90s and he had no interest in going up the tower (laughs) (laughs) what's your favorite thing to see up there your the best vantage point the best vantage point is where i've taken each of your pictures is looking east kind of midway between the south and north uh stacks where you see the bridge, you see downtown, you see the ballpark, you see Petrero Hill, and you see Market Street coming up. Yeah. Nice. Last question, what is something you always make sure to squeeze into your busy day? Reading the Chronicle. Yay! First thing. Yes. That is the right You had a lot of good answers. I'm your last paying right. customer. <laughs> Best guest ever. <laughs> Thank you so much for um, for coming on. Thank you for taking me up there. Um, sorry I was kind of a wuss. Oh, you did fine. I, I was no Heather Knight, you know. <laughs> Heather Knight's steely. I was just <laughs> kind of walking grabbing the railing but um, I had a great time it's a once in a lifetime thing well thank you so much for coming on Total SF and thank you for taking Peter up because he's been bugging me he was jealous for the past year and a half so now we're even I told him that the first thing you said when you came two years ago is Peter's going to be so jealous that I'm going up before him yeah that's totally on brand for Heather I'm not surprised she said that (laughs) thank you very much we had a good time Thank you for listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Total SF is a production of the Chronicle. Our music is The Tide Will Rise by the Sunset Shipwrecks off their album Community and Cable Car Bell Ringing by eight-time champion Byron Cobb. Support Total SF in the newsroom that creates it by investing in a digital Chronicle edition. It's less expensive than you think at sfchronicle.com slash pod. Um, all right. Well, I learned a new song for you this evening.
Um, and I added some lyrics to it. The song is inspired by a question that is asked on the back of today's book. Um, if you have all your copies here, you can turn them around and see them. And you can see that there's a quite piercing question. And here it is. Darling, you gotta let me know. Should I stay or should I go? If you say that you are mine, I'll be here till the end of time. So you gotta let me know. Should I stay or should I go? But the real question's this now. Should you be leaving San Francisco? Are you getting what you need? Or is it bye-bye London breed? Does the fog just bring you woe? Maybe then it's time to go. You used to love it in my mission. But now you check your intuition. Even hate streets getting steep. You want the sunset, you go deep. If you can't get Noe or Castro, maybe, baby, time to go. Twitter's hardly paying rent. While sleeple sleep in homemade tents. Infrastructure's really sinking. The school board's arguing about Lincoln. If you don't have an IPO, it might be time to pack and go.